0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome to the RoadWire Prospect podcast brought to you by WinBet. I'm your host, James Anderson, and got a really special guest this week, uh, Craig Mish of sports grid where he hosts uh, daily. Um, Craig is, you know, as plugged in as anyone on the Marlins. And I mean, if you were following his work, uh, you would have been all over Trevor Rogers last year. Uh, and I think the Marlins part of why I wanted to have Craig on is he's just really great at this and, and really good at what he does, but also just the Marlins are, about as fun a team for me to kind of talk about. I always seem to be just super high on a few of their young big leaguers, and then they've got a, a ton of exciting guys in the farm system as well, so really excited you could join me. Craig, how are you doing? I'm doing good, James. Great to be
2: with you as always, and uh, appreciate the kind words, no doubt. It's kind of funny that I, I still have a first love for fantasy, but it's sort of like uh, you know tr- I'm transitioning to doing so many other different things that fantasy for at least 2022 i mean i wouldn't say it's on the back burner for me because it never is and i still play it and i still love it but with just so many other things that i have going on with covering the marlins and with sports grid and two shows that i'm doing now for them it's sort of like it's nice to sit back and have like a fantasy future conversation which i don't i don't get to have that often anymore
1: well no i mean you're you're great at it man you you're great at wearing multiple hats and uh congrats on on the new gig by the way um very very cool uh so you know let's just jump right in here i I, there's so many exciting players in this organization majors and minors uh the one that i think i've probably talked the most about this offseason is uh jazz chisholm who who is a very divisive player for fantasy because um you kind of either see maybe another level there or you sort of see the the plate skills from last year and see some some significant downside with jazz uh where do you sort of stand on him in terms of whether there there is another level there that he will reach in the near future or whether he kind of is what he is at this point it's
2: it's it's a it's probably one of the more complicated players i think in in all of major league baseball because i think that his skill set speaks to you know maybe a top 10 player in fantasy top 20 player in major league baseball. I mean, all those things are definitely possible, but you know, there's a lot that comes with jazz Chisholm, you know, like jazz knows who he is, James. And, and, you know, that th- there's a, an element to me with that, that I wonder, uh, you know, as far as, you know, keeping him grounded, still a young kid, extremely fun on the field, immensely talented, but, you know, we saw this already in, in the first week of the season, the, the Marlins decided to bat him you know, at the bottom of the lineup. And and then they took him out after the first game and you went to social media and, you know, showed some immaturity, I think, with all of that. I think that you could make the case that he was correct and you could make the case that Don Mattingly was incorrect by putting him where he has in the lineup. I think all those things are fair, James. But, you know, you work for somebody and I work for somebody, too. <laughs> and you know in the end you just got to handle those things i think you know privately and 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 that's part of this you know that's part of this player it's just the nature of who it is i think the marlins knew that when they acquired him from arizona and and can can he hit another 20 home runs in in a season of course can he steal another 20 bases potentially in a season of course the swing and miss is always going to be there for him Just given the nature of the uppercut swing that he has, when he makes contact, it goes a long way. When he doesn't, it looks like a really long swing and people complain about him. So naturally, I think there's a ton of more upside there. Future for fantasy still very much to be determined. Miami's off to this slow start now. So you got to kind of wonder how long they're going to be batting him at the bottom of the lineup. But James, as you know, if he's batting eighth or ninth in a lineup, and and doesn't play every day. I think he'll play mostly every day. I think it's overblown about him missing just that one game. I think he's in the lineup virtually every day, but plate appearances are going to be a lot more limited for a player like him if he's batting eighth or ninth, and especially against left-handed pitching.
1: Yeah, I was surprised that he kind of reacted the way he did uh, to to the what happened earlier in the season. Um, he's obviously very confident in himself, but I mean there is a, sort of an element of you know being a good teammate as well. Um and you know, if he if he performs up to his expectations, he'll play, you know, as much as he wants. He'll hit high in the lineup. Absolutely. Um so it, I was a little surprised by that. Um but I you know I think his his talent I mean the reason they went and got him for Zach Allen was because they didn't have a position player in their system at that time with his type of upside and they had a ton of pitchers. So um yeah, hopefully they kind of let this play out. Uh, where what what do you think the relationship is like between him and Don Mattingly? Obviously, easy to kind of see. Like from the outside, it might look like it's a little rocky. Um, you know, Don's old school jazz is about as new school as it gets. How, right. how do you think their relationship is?
2: Yeah, I think it's fine. Donnie's really good with the young kids. He you know calls them all like his sons. I I personally don't think there's there's any issue there. But Donnie even said it before the season. I think if I'm not mistaken jazz crashed, like one of like the media sessions that Donnie was at very early on in, in spring training. And, and somebody asked a question about him and Donnie said, you know, I'm, I'm not interested in the blue hair anymore and the chains and whatever. And I think that caught some people by surprise that he said that, but I, I will say that as old school as Donnie is, he does have the new school bones in him. I, I, I don't want to, you know, put that on him. Cause I really don't feel like he is that way, but I think that what Jazz is going to have to understand at some point, and it's very hard to do, is like like baseball more than any of the others, James. We see this in the NBA, and, and I think that that's the problem that maybe some people have. Like, like a lot of people rush to Jazz's defense. Why can't he pop off? Why can't he say where he wants to play? Why can't he not want to be in the lineup? I think all those things are true. But more so, I think personally, in baseball, then in the NBA, then in the NHL, then in the NFL, where we see all this drama. This guy wants to leave, and this guy says he doesn't like this guy, and this guy won't play for this coach. Baseball is so much a team sport. You know, it is really the I mean to me, they call football really, but it's such a quarterback sport at this point. Let's be honest in the NFL. Baseball's like one guy is, is is in general not gonna win games for you unless his name is Otani, right? Because he does both. He's a pitcher and the hitter. So so Jazz can beat everything that he is on the field and be this dynamic unbelievable offensive and defensive player but but he's got to chill out a little bit with the non baseball stuff and just go out there and be himself and do the things that he does and and no one's muting him and no one's telling him to stop talking and stop doing his euro step or 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 dance around a flip. do all of those things but i mean james well you 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 can't basically like and retweet things that says negative things about your own manager you I mean mean, come on I mean that's that's just and especially Don Mattingly too right I mean I
1: I guess yeah I mean to me Mattingly can handle that it's just more like kind of you know like you have there's a lot of guys on this roster it's a a pretty talented roster to me I mean you're you're gonna want to just give other guys you know a start here and there like it it doesn't have to be a you're starting 162 games type of thing. I mean, you can start 150 games. and yeah,
2: That's what it's going to be. Right? Everyone's so worried, James. He's going to start 150 games if he's healthy. I mean, we'll get a day off once every two weeks. This is, I, it was so much about nothing, but th- this is sort of the deal with, with Jazz, who I like very much and I communicate with a lot. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> just just play the game, have fun, do whatever you want, but don't, don't dismerit Donnie. I mean, come on, of all
1: people. So- so another, uh, Marlins hitter who I was very high on this past offseason was Jesus Sanchez, who, uh, had a, a big, big game a couple days ago. Um, just love his power potential. They seem to really like him. Yeah. Uh, what do you think Jesus Sanchez's numbers look like at the end of this year? I don't know.
2: I think he'll have the most home runs per plate appearance on the Marlins this season. But James, I, I just don't see him staying healthy for the entire season. I don't. I, I don't think he's a center fielder. I think he can play the position. He has had lower body and lower leg issues ever since he came up through the minors with Tampa Bay. And and I think I, I think Miami's idea in terms of his sprint, spri- his sprint speed and some of the advanced metrics that show that he could play center field, I think that is accurate but he's a corner outfielder and he's going to be doing a lot of running out there. I am concerned. I I don't think that he holds up the whole season. We already saw almost an injury ran into the wall. He was sort of grabbing his groin a little bit, but the power is immense. If I had to guess at the end of the season, if you said to me home runs per plate appearance, who leads the Marlins? It will be him. I could not project 500 plate appearances for this player. He has not gotten there. He's been, you know banged up for different issues uh, over the course of years but you're right there's there's a ton of high upside there has a little trouble with the high fastball especially against lefties but in essence between 20 and 30 home runs is fair but james i think he's going to be that guy that's going to do that in 400 plate appearances that's that someone in fantasy baseball next year is going to draft saying well if he only gets to 500 imagine how many he can hit and i don't think he's ever going to be that guy playing center field i, I don't think that can happen
1: yeah, you know that's that's a really interesting uh, take on it. I I I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, I I did think it was sort of weird that they constructed the roster this way, where they almost like you see other teams do this, where you're kind of pushing guys into positions that you you might be asking too much of them, and it almost never works. Like that that whole idea. Like it seems like the Reds are always doing that with with guys and like the White Sox kind of doing that with like Andrew Vaughn and stuff. It just never seems to really work. So I was a, a little bit surprised by that. Like they, they have this really special hitting talent and then they go sign two other corner outfielders. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting take. So It
2: is. And I'll tell you in in talking to to players just like around the league, like I, I think that it's it's a good assessment for for people, especially for the future of fantasy too, is that it's it's sometimes it's really difficult and and James, you've been following baseball for a long time like I have. We always want to compare players to other players, and I think that makes us comfortable with assessments on our players when we're drafting and and we're scouting and we're looking at players over the course of the season. And that's why players like, as an example, a roundabout way of answering Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, uh, you know, Ryan Mountcastle. There's a reason why those big dudes don't play the outfield, James, you know, like there's a reason because they keep getting hurt. That no one looks like those players in the outfield, and no one looks like Jesus Sanchez in center field. It's, it's just not the prototypical guy. What happens when players are miscast and put in different positions? They get hurt, and and Sanchez has already had that history to a degree. So when I see like a the the biggest outfielder to me in in baseball, not history necessarily, but the one that always stands out to me was Jose Canseco, because Jose Canseco just didn't look the part of an outfielder. And his body, I mean, obviously his body broke down for a lot of other reasons, but it just started, he started falling apart. He couldn't play the outfield anymore. And, and that's why at some point Yankees just have to admit it. They got two DHs on the team. Uh, you know, the Orioles finally figured that out real quick with, uh, with Castle. I think he came up a third or outfield or whatever it was. And and the Marlins, unfortunately are going to find out the hard way if they're trying to uh, play Sanchez, I think all season in center.
1: So speaking of, Two DHS I mean I think at least my read on things is like their best hitters are in in no particular order uh H- Jesus Aguilar Jorge Soler Jesus Sanchez obviously Garcia Garrett Cooper uh maybe Jazz can kind of join those guys mm-hmm. um but do you think there's room for all those guys to sort of get what would amount to near everyday playing time when they're healthy? Or do you see any of those guys as being more kind of four to five days a week type of guys that might not be as useful in weekly leagues?
2: Well, with with Cooper and Aguilar, it's a pretty simple 50-50 split at first base and DH. And so provided that they deliver on the numbers that they've delivered previously per plate appearance, I don't see any reason why why that wouldn't change. Um, you know, early on in the season, we've already seen Avicel Garcia, who they signed to a pretty significant extension to them, excuse me, free agent contract for them, four years, 45 million. That's big in Marlins terms, of course, mm. already has missed two games. So it, it remains to be seen. They say he's healthy. And so we'll find out what he looks like this weekend. And, uh, and in terms of Solaire, he actually, James has looked pretty good in left field. He made a, a catch huh. up against the wall and, and ran in to make a catch too. And and I know when we're looking at box scores, we don't necessarily look at that. So I, I think that he can play the, the solid position of, of left field. And so with him in left, Garcia in right, who, by the way, is not a center fielder either, and then Sanchez in center, to me, that's where most of the time will play when, when they are healthy. The other player that's played uh, quite a bit outfield early on in the season, I think to the surprise of most, even with him playing a little in spring training is brian anderson it's like he's moved almost exclusively to this super utility type and he has struggled in a really big way adjusting to that
1: yeah yeah that's um he's been kind of trending down a little bit um a lot over the last uh, couple (laughs) of years yeah um how how's uh how's joey wendell looked really quickly
2: he looks great, and I, you know, when they got him, I, I think the idea was to consider playing him every day. They took him into the spring; he looked fantastic. Uh, you know, he, he's actually the the guy that if they do t- look, it, we're we're still so early into this thing, but the early results on the lineup have been pretty miserable. If they do decide to switch things up and they played Wendell, you know, they batted him first or second against righties the rest of the season and just plugged him in at third, I wouldn't be surprised. They they have to figure out something, James, with Brian Anderson because. Two years ago, this is a player that you looked at and thought long-term extension, hot corner, gold glove, and then you know, a couple of injuries, and wow, he has fallen out of favor big time. His at-bats have looked awful in this early part of the season. So if they were to part with Anderson in some way at some point this season and sort of hand back over super utility to John Birdie and maybe get somebody else an arm or something else, boy, that would, that would just pencil in Wendell every single day. But I, I think between Wendell and Anderson, Wendell gets at least 20% more plate appearances over the course of the season.
1: That's, uh, that's very good to know. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this really exciting pitching staff. But first, a message from our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDSE.
1: WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for roadwires fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, moneyline bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, all rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today, make a qualifying deposit and, and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W Y N N B E T. Winbet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast all right we're back Craig uh the the talk of the the radio show I did today was Jesus Ceardo um man he uh he looked he looked better than I thought he was gonna look he in did. any start this season and that was his first start of the season uh like how uh, blown away were you by that performance and and how do you envision his season uh unfolding here
2: yeah the, the organization is so bullish on Jesus Lazardo and he's probably the one divisive figure that I have you know sort of battled with people in the organization because when they made that trade last year and and they and they acquired him James you know look first of all I thought Miami should have extended starling Marte and they didn't and then they go out and they get Lazardo and, and let's be honest they didn't need Jesus Lazardo they needed a hitter you know like they needed some bats they didn't do it so, I mean, I, I wouldn't say, James, that I clown them, but I was very critical of, of that trade just because I the, the adage is you can never have enough pitching. But in this case, I thought the Marlins had enough pitching. And then Lazardo comes out last year and is just skipping balls 54 feet like it looks so bad. And you know what happened this offseason? You know, you, you couldn't really train with your coaches. But they had these like pseudo workouts amongst players and I'm keeping in touch with all these guys, James, you know, so and they're all like Lazardo looks really good and he looks different and he looks sharp. I'm like, all right, you say so spring comes, we see the same thing. He looks good again. Uh, you know I saw two of his starts in person and you know I'm getting the text I told you I told you you (laughs) I'm like I don't know I'm gonna wait till the regular season on this one listen I already bought your Eson Diaz and Monte Harrison I am I gotta wait this out (laughs) on Lazardo, right like I'm not going down this road again on every guy you tell me is gonna be good I'm not gonna do that but I mean come on the results yesterday were insane now there's there's I, listen I am not taking away anything from Jesus I'm not going to do that 12 strikeouts 5 innings pitched as as good of a fifth starting performance of any player in baseball this season unequivocally now one thing I did not realize was apparently and I'm, this is no shade no pun intended on Lazardo but apparently the hitters couldn't see anything yesterday because of the the shadows in yep. uh, in Anaheim for about four innings that's what I heard so is that me just still not being bullish and not willing to just take my L on Lazardo, or should I just, just say he's great and just move on. I I, I I'm going to want to see more James. I'm going to want to see a little bit more from him, uh, the results were incredible. It's the best I've ever seen him. Look, it's Otani it's trout. He got those guys out, but I'm, I'm I want a little more, you know, I want Phillies on Sunday, James, you know, like I want to or Cardinals next week. I want to see him, do it a couple times, and then certainly I can get back to you with a better result. So I, I don't know if I'm a denier or a doubter, but when he came up last year to Miami, I mean, his ERA was like 10 after three, so he just couldn't get anybody out, but he looks like a
1: different guy. Yeah, Jeff Erickson made this point on the XM show today that those Anaheim <clears throat> getaway games uh, are always just uh, great for the the starting pitchers involved. Um, so I think, you know, it might be a case of, you know the people that drafted Jesus Cesardo, You know you nailed that pick, but at the same time, maybe if you have Jesus Cesardo in in a dynasty league or something like that, you now might be the time to sort of sniff around on on what you could get for him. Uh, there's also just the durability concerns that have been sort of long standing yeah. with him. So you know, I I hope he, I hope he, I hope we get you know 15, 20 more starts, um, kind of of that same caliber of of bat missing stuff but uh you're right i mean it is it is early and there are some contextual issues with um you know fully buying in on that performance but
2: yeah i i I would say that if you watch, and he didn't do it yesterday but he did it in the spring a couple times if you watch him and his tell for me is the easy poker tell for me is when james it sounds crazy but when he is skipping balls, three feet in front of home plate, he's got nothing that day. Like, you just know something is is up with him. I saw that a couple times, and that's when you see Mel Stoudemire go to the mound. They refocus him and get him going. He seems like he's in his head a little bit. Look, again, is he better than their fourth starter? Eliezer Hernandez is probably not saying very much. Eliezer probably is the five on their team anyway. They're just splitting up lefties with Rodgers being the three. But... It, it could be something for the future. He was one of the best pros, pitching prospects in all of baseball. I, I am still a little a little skeptical. I, I want to see a little bit more, and and maybe I'll just be the the low man on this one, and I'll be wrong, which I've been wrong many times before on. But I, I want to see a couple more. From him.
1: So let's quickly talk about the top three guys in that rotation. Is is there anything about Sandy Alcantara, Trevor Rogers, Pablo Lopez that the fantasy community might not know that you you uh, are kind of privy to that you think is relevant about sure. either of those three heading into the year?
2: Yeah, no, nothing with Sandy. Sandy's 100% healthy, as happy as he's ever been, coming off, you know, setting his family up for life, plus $55 million contract. Uh, I, I think he throws seven innings every, I mean, with the exception of his first start and maybe who knows in Philadelphia this week against Philadelphia, but a seven, eight inning guy every time, nothing new to know there. Uh, Trevor Rogers did not work out with the team this offseason. spent most of his time, I believe in New Mexico, uh, but I, I see no reason why the success that he had uh, can't continue. And I, and I think with Pablo Lopez, it's, it's the obvious at this point with him, which is you, you draft Pablo Lopez in fantasy and eight games in he's, top three in ERA, top two in strikeouts, top five in whip. And you think you got the best pick in the draft. And then a month later he's hurt and he misses two months. So I don't know, James, like this is a a recurring shoulder issue that he's had in the past. I talked to him in spring training. He said he's, he's healthier. He's stronger. He didn't say it wasn't going to happen again, but he's been shut down, James. I, I believe three of the last four years with the same issue. So I I have to be in the June sell high on Pablo, no matter how good he's looked, because that that's the hard part about about fantasy. It's like it's like you know when Noah Syndergaard was going so good in the past. It's like how do you trade a guy like that? But you just knew you knew the shoe was going to drop at some point. So if you got out from under that at his peak, you probably did well in a deal. To me, that's the same thing with Lopez. If he makes thirty starts, he could be the best pitcher in their rotation. He just has yet to do it. So do I go by track record here of things that have happened or? things that are not really projectable. That would be my opinion on Pablo.
1: Yeah. I mean, been, uh, been rostering Pablo Lopez for many years and I can definitely attest to uh, if I'd, if I'd sold him in uh, late May uh, every year, I would not have regretted it. Uh, yeah. So what's your read on the closer situation now and when Dylan Floro is healthy?
2: So uh, Anthony Bender blew his first save opportunity. He almost blew the next one. Um, I, I think that for people who are just looking at the, the stats and not the games in, in the game that he got the save, he put a runner on and then uh, Brandon Crawford was at the plate of San Francisco. And for, I, I guess Gabe Kapler's is very aggressive, James, on things that I'm not aware of, but on a absolute ball four, uh, Crawford swung at a, at a three Oh to make it strike one. And he went out and then, and then he hit into a double play game ended and and Bender got the save. I I think if Crawford walks, he blows that one too. And Miami doesn't have a win. Um, the other night he ended up in a tie game, ended up getting lost. I still think he's their highest upside pitcher, but he's always one or two pitches away, James from a wild pitch from a blown save and knowing the way that Manningley and, and, Mel are, I don't know that he fits their profile for a closer. I really don't. So Floro is not ready. I think that you probably will see him sometime in May. He hasn't pitched in any minor league games yet. So that's the first indication. Once you see him do a rehab game, he's probably two games away. So my guess is first week of the month, maybe of May or maybe late April. And, and there's a chance that they put Floro back in that role and put Bender in the, in the uh, middle inning role. Uh, Solsers look fantastic for them. So that's, you know, clearly another option as a possibility. He saved games last year with Baltimore, but they really don't have the prototypical closer. The only thing that we know about Miami and we know about Mattingly is that unlike these teams that say it's closer by committee, with Miami, it never is. He picks one guy and he rides that guy to the end. So uh Anthony Bass is there. He got some save you know save opportunities last year. He didn't end up closing any. They just don't have the guy, James. I I I I don't know that they're gonna have the guy, but Floro and Bender, to me, are the ones. And, and to be honest with you, James, I don't even think Floro really fits the bill as a closer either. They just don't have that ninth-inning back-end
1: guy this year. Huh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I bet there's there's probably some leagues where Bender, Solcer, and Floro are are all rostered. And um, people are just kind of hoping one rises to the top. But that's that's good info on uh, that Bender um, save you referenced um where it's
2: you... you know what you know what it reminds me of a little bit. It's like kind of like Colorado's situation in a way, where, you know, you didn't know who the closer was going to be, but if you did the smart thing, you just tried to figure out who the guy was going to be when Bard blew his first save. Like you know, like that. That to me was the way to go with Miami. So, if you didn't want to pay the price for Bender possibly being the closer, pay the price on Sulcer and pay that little price on Floro and stash them to inevitably Bender loses the gig. And, and that's not an indication that Bard is going to lose the gig, but look, they brought in that other guy, Godot. He looked fantastic. Who knows? Maybe that's a new closer in Colorado. So it's like sometimes the backup quarterback is more popular than the, than the starter. I think that's Miami's deal in this case.
1: All right. The Marlins have a extremely exciting farm system, and we're going to talk about some of those guys in a second, but another message from our sponsors Bet against others with no fees involved. That's right. No pesky hidden fees to ruin your day. Better Edge is a social betting marketplace where there's no fee on each transaction. Better Edge is a social betting marketplace, and chances are it's legal in your state. We bring betting back to its social roots where you can like, comment, and challenge other users all within the app. Play without getting played at Better Edge. Go to BetterEdge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-E. E D G E dot com to sign up today. All right, Craig. Uh, Khalil Watson is uh, he's now ranked as my top prospect for fantasy from that entire draft class. His tools are obviously just off the charts. Uh, what have been your takeaways so far on Khalil Watson and and how high are the Marlins on him?
2: Yeah, this is a potential superstar in the making. The comparisons that I've heard are, I mean, I've heard a lot, but Jimmy Rollins is the one that that really comes to mind here and I don't know that Khalil's going to be a shortstop second baseman center field long term I'm not really sure Um, you know the background here James is of course he slid in the draft a little bit and uh, you know there's just sort of some questions as to why that happened Miami had a hard time signing him and getting him to come out of high school and and get him uh, into a Marlins minor league uniform And, and he has looked absolutely looked the part in the minor league games that he's played in spring training and talent is not an issue for this kid, but James, he's very young and naturally with very young players, you just don't know which way they're going to go. He, uh, I I don't know if you saw this, but the other day in a game, he hit a home run and then his next at bat, he, you know, grounded out through the bat. I'm not really sure what happened in that spot. They pulled him out of the game. Uh, Not unusual. I, I think for a young kid, that's, you know, having his first, you know, slice of pro ball, but, you know, this is just something to watch with, with a player like this as well. I, I mean, I don't know of any you know background stuff there, but any player like that that starts off like that, you just got to kind of keep an eye on. I know Miami just wants to keep him on this path because of the talent level. He should have been probably the number one overall pick in that draft. Uh, but, yeah, James, dynasty-wise, <clears throat> position player-wise, you probably would know a little bit more about the player pool than me. But from Miami's perspective – yeah, there's there's no doubt that he's their best offensive minor league prospect uh, without question in their system.
1: Yeah, and I know there were some some rumors about some background stuff on him uh, before the draft, but uh, and there's there's also just this big movement uh, among a lot of teams, most teams really, to kind of go after uh, college guys um, yeah. more and more. So I mean, you, when you're talking about a guy where you're Maybe not, you know, fully sure on on the makeup, and he's going to be three, four years away. I think some teams were just hesitant to to pull the trigger. But I mean, if he if he uh, can just be, you know, um, the guy that we've seen and from a talent standpoint, uh, he could make a lot of teams regret passing on him. Um, you know, a guy that not many teams got the opportunity to pass on is Max Meyer. And I mean, I'm sure you're just going to be getting questions until it happens. Like when's Max Meyer going to be up? Uh, I mean, I assume that that basically just has way more to do with the five guys in the big league rotation than Meyer himself, but is like, would you say he is the de facto six starter at the moment?
2: No, I, I wouldn't say that. No, no. Interestingly enough. Um, I, I think that the Marlins are going to, first of all, I think he's probably ready now. But I, I think the Marlins may have him pitch two months solid oh. in the minor leagues before they call him up. And, I, you know, by the way, I don't think this is like a service time thing at all. I, I think they just want him to be at his, his peak when he comes to the majors. But I know this is going to sound crazy and, and not a lot of people are going to want to hear this. But let's, let's be honest, James, they still you know, they paid Braxton Garrett a lot of money when they took him in the first round several years ago. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think in their heart of hearts, they know Meyer has a higher ceiling than Garrett, but they'd probably like Garrett to earn a little of that dough and, and come to the big leagues. He did have one really good star last year against San Diego, did Garrett. And, and I think he's the first one. I, I do. I think, I think if something was to happen to anyone in the rotation, I think Garrett would get the first crack. After that, yes, it would make sense that Meyer is next. Let's also not forget about Edward Cabrera right now, who is uh, who is hurt. But I don't think it's that serious. It's just a build up back because he arrived late to spring training because of visa issues. But I could talk about Max Meyer all day. He's um, an interesting character. I've gotten to know him a little bit. This is a really, really tough-minded, want-to-strike-you-out-every-time individual. Feels like he can pitch in the big leagues right now do you want to be a starter sure reliever sure mop up man sure doesn't care put me in the big leagues I'll get you out through five perfect innings on Tuesday night forgot to drink water and electrolytes James (laughs) before the game forgot that's that's who this kid just so zoned in you know knows now in the future I gotta drink my Gatorade or Powerade before the game or I'm gonna get a cramp that's what happened in foot cramped up they're very lucky to have this kid. I can understand why Miami has been hesitant to trade him.
1: Yeah, he's a fellow, fellow gopher, Uh yeah. rare, rare University of Minnesota product uh, that, that could be a, a great big leaguer. Um, another guy that you had a, you had a tweet about Uri Perez mm-hmm. a few weeks ago that went viral. Uh, can you kind of elaborate on him and his potential and sort of how you see them handling him over the next year or so?
2: Well, he he looks like he's on the fast track right now. They haven't held him back at all. He was the youngest player in baseball, I, I think, history to make a start at Double A at his age. There, I he I, look. He's not Doc Good and James. He's not going to strike out four hundred guys his first season at nineteen. <laughs> but but there's a legitimate chance he could be in the big leagues next year at nineteen years old. I, I could see it. I, I or twenty, whatever. I, I definitely could see it happening. Um, he's he's been unhittable uh, basically at every single level. He's tall, lean, throws hard. Uh, you know the, the I, we mentioned Syndergaard earlier in the show. That was that's kind of the comp for him is just what Syndergaard was when he first came up. And 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 by the way, wonderful character. I've gotten to know him a little bit too. Wonderful human. Um, understands. I, I think what it takes has been taken under the wing by Sandy Alcantara a little bit. So he's on the right path there too. Uh, unlike another one of their pitchers in the organization <laughs> that used to be their number one prospect, uh, pitching prospect. So, those three, James, those three, and Edward Cabrera, maybe a little bit on that outside, but those three that you just mentioned to me are far and away the Marlins' top prospects. Like, we can sit here and talk, and I can go over Jose Salas and Peyton Burdick and JJ Blade and some of the others that they have, Zach McCambley, Jake Eater. They have a lot of others, trust me. But those three—that's the tier—and then everyone else is a guess.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a top three that I think a lot of orgs would uh, would love to to have as their top three. Um, you know, you mentioned Uri's uh, makeup a little bit. Like, I mean, you have to be uh, pretty special uh, to be able to pitch at the levels he's pitched at at his age. Uh, you know, a lot of guys are just so far behind where he is in terms of being able to handle that level of competition as a, as starting pitcher. So, um, just hope that hope that he can stay healthy. Uh, we will uh, hit on a couple of the other pitchers you've been alluding to here in a second. Uh, but first a message from vivid seats, baseball is back. That's right. An entire glorious season, all 162 games. And with live events resuming, you can actually be there to catch all the action in person in person with vivid seats Every backdoor slider, every round tripper, trip tripper, and every doubleheader can be experienced live. And with vivid seats rewards, you can start earning free tickets from your very first purchase. Just buy, collect stamps, and redeem. It's that easy. From behind the dugout to upper level, vivid seats has you covered for all the games that matter to you. Pro tip: buy tickets with your whole group, split the bill, and make progress towards your free ticket even faster just visit vividseats.com or download the app today vivid seats. Life happens live. All right, Craig, you kind of alluded to uh, Edward Cabrera a little bit. Um, you know, f- for me, it seems like he has has pretty good makeup and there's just some durability issues that have kind of popped up here and there. And then with Sixto Sanchez, yeah, maybe not so great a makeup, and probably even more significant durability concerns. Is that a kind of a fair characterization on those two guys?
2: Yeah, I think that goes hand in hand. I think that's fair, and and those two guys, you know, were you know sort of buddy buddy over the last uh, two years too. Uh, but look, Edwards a different guy. I'm not concerned with with his character, with his makeup at all, and I, I am concerned a little with these nagging injuries that he's had and wondering. James, like, are these real injuries? Are they soreness? It's Because nothing has ever seemed to be serious with him. It's just like these little things just have kept popping up. But uh, with, with Edward, I I know this is going to sound strange, but with Edward, I, I kind of think like Miami wants to get him healthy so they could trade him. Mm. N- not, not because they don't like him, but it's just they like the others so much. They like right. Edward too, but inevitably, James, they've got to trade for some hitting on this team and some long-term sustainability as far as depth. And a lot of teams really like Edward Cabrera. So mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a long-term Marlon. If he is, he's in the rotation. He's probably better than, to me, the two back guys that they have. We'll see what Lizardo is, Eliezer Hernandez. I think Cabrera could easily be the four there, maybe even the three. And if they were to trade Pablo Lopez or someone else, he could be the two. I, he, no question. He's he's in it for the long haul. Uh, but injuries, yeah. I mean, that that's small injuries have been the thing with him. With Sixto Sanchez, I mean, is this like a complete give-up done? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, maybe. I mean, we're almost there. I think. Like, it's. I mean, he's not going to pitch for two years. You know, it doesn't doesn't really take too well to the conditioning and and the listening part of it. And uh, I, I just don't know. I just don't Do you- know. I mean, he could he could resurface at some point. I, I I think that there there have been pitchers before. Like, I I guess a good comp would be like James Caprellian, maybe. Like, mm. but not, and not, not that he's a you know bad character guy or anything like no. that. Just like an in, like, let's just use the injury. Like, pick pitcher A, James, that was top prospect, number one pitcher, Honeywell, right? Yeah, I was gonna say Honeywell, maybe. Right, disappears for several years, and then all of a sudden, now Sixto Sanchez on Pittsburgh is like throwing shutouts. You know, like I, I think that's probably the best scenario, but I. I right now for for me to predict a pitch being thrown by him in the big leagues this season i can't do that
1: yeah i mean the red flags with him i was just running away from him as fast as possible this (laughs) offseason uh do you do you know at all like how that video got leaked of him one of uh, him throwing he leaked it himself yeah he leaked he put that out on purpose
2: he did it himself
1: (laughs) That's so crazy. I mean
2: a video of, uh, of what looks like training your little leaguers to throw on a field.
1: Yeah. I don't there. think I've ever seen a player look that bad in a in a short clip like that um, that was coming back from like an injury. I mean, that's just I was so um
2: I don't think I've ever sorry. heard an organ I, I don't think I've ever heard people in an organization have this much concern over the long term future of a player than than I've heard with him. So hmm. you
1: know it's do you see uh with Edward Cabrera quick like could he you kind of mentioned they don't really have a closer do you think he could maybe be the answer there or is he just going to be developed as a starter or traded one of those two I think starter okay. I don't, I don't yeah.
2: yeah the 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 one interesting thing that they could do and again I don't know it, it, it's been mentioned to me at least and not not by any like key decision but I mean, could could they decide Meyer as the closer for this year? Like, could they do that? Could they bring him up, have him be eighth, ninth inning guy for the rest of this season? Could they pull a Ray's Matt Moore, right? Could they pull a Wainwright? Like, like could, could that happen for a year and then put him in the rotation? Alex Reyes, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that wherever you drafted him and wherever his fab value is now is is for both reasons, for starter and maybe even for closer. So, that's probably a long shot. But the other thing, James, too, with with Meyer even being considered for like that kind of role is, James, wouldn't the Marlins have to be good for that to happen? Right. Like, yeah, I was like, going to they... say,
1: like, if you if we look up in two months and this is a team that's, you know, pushing on like an 85 win pace, then Max Meyer's stuff absolutely plays right. in the ninth inning. I mean, his fastball slider combo like that's just elite ninth inning stuff right away. And you could kind of um right still stretch him back out next year and he could be he could help the team win more games maybe in that role, but it wouldn't make any sense to do that if they're tracking on like a 76 win pace.
2: Yeah, that's the whole key, I think, with that.
1: Um, so I, I think with JJ Bladay, there's you know, a lot of really smart um talent evaluators out there that are still in on Blade. Uh, I just I think if if he were not a top four pick, there wouldn't be this much optimism at all regarding him. Uh, he's basically just got that Arizona Fall League appearance to point to, um, other than his junior year at Vanderbilt. Um, are you you know household are you household is the team on him being you know a, a true everyday player in the big leagues at some point?
2: Yeah, they're they're still bullish to the point where I think that this is going to be the key year for him. And then I could probably give you a lot more going into this conversation next year. But they're going to be very patient with him this year. Let him get his full complement of at-bats. There have been some videos and talk that he bulked up. I mean, I don't know, like hitting the ball harder. Is that the case? The early results say no, at least in the minor leagues. But I I suppose the one thing, win or lose on J.J. Blade, and we don't know if it's a win or a loss for Miami. We're not even close to really knowing, I don't think. But he is older. So time is sort of running out for him to have that like Uber prospect status. But I, I think James, the question that you have to ask yourself, and I think Miami's probably saying this to themselves too, is that if they didn't take Blade, James, the next team would have, you know, or the next team after that, or the next team after that. So you know, some sometimes the luck factor does go into this. Inevitably it is up to the player but that draft that Miami saw with CJ Abrams and Riley Green and you know some of these other players who are really coming on strong yeah mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure that they look at it and go yeah wow you know maybe maybe we should have done something else but this is a full evaluation year for blade and miami system and they've had a hard time developing hitters james there's no doubt that that as as great as they have been with pitching they have been the opposite with hitting. They have not developed uh, a hitter offensively. Jazz was in Arizona system. Jesus Sanchez was in Tampa Bay system. So if you want to give them 50% credit, fine. Mm -hmm. But they haven't, you know, had a lot of development on the offensive side and they're hoping Blade is one that they do.
1: Yeah. That's kind of been, I mean, the team I follow most closely, the Brewers, that's been the story with them too. Uh, Excellent at developing pitching. All the hitting they have is, is kind of from outside the org uh, for the most part. Um, it's yeah, it's really interesting how teams can be so good at one and struggle with the other. But it it, it also comes back to like which players you're selecting in the draft. And uh, pretty much, you know, it was it was consensus. It was Vaughn, Rutschman, Blade were the three best college hitters in that class. Um, you, you weren't going to get anyone saying they weren't. So um, right.
2: And and if Miami didn't take Blade, how much further would he have fallen? One pick, two picks, three picks. So. This is one for me that it seems more of the player than anything else. But look, you, you can indict Miami for for offensive development in the minor league system at this point because we've just yet to see it come to fruition.
1: Uh Jose Salas and Ian Lewis are, mm-hmm. are maybe my next two favorite of their uh hitting prospects. Actually like them both more in Bloodet, but they're further away. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh do you first of all, do you know why uh, Ian Lewis is still back and extended? And then also you know what have you kind of heard about those two, and and are you high on either of them long term? It's funny
2: somebody asked me about Lewis the other day. I have not done my due diligence. All it would require probably is is a text, and then I could tell you. But I honestly have not even checked on Lewis, so I don't know. Um, but but look, I think Salas is a tier above even Lewis. Okay, Salas I mean, has a real, you know, is a big kid, uh, you know, third base shortstop, some serious pop. You know, still seasoning in the minor leagues, but in that next tier of players that we would talk about in their system that I included eater who's out for the year mm-hmm. and uh, Zach McCambly, I think is another pitcher that they value high. I think I put Salas in that, in that tier as well.
1: Excellent. Um, this, uh, this has been really great, Craig. Uh you're uh, awesome at talking Marlins. Awesome at uh, kind of putting a fantasy spin on it. Unlike a, a lot of you know beat reporters out there. So where I come from, I will always yeah. have that. Oh, of course. I
2: did a show for 10 years, uh, you know, talking, uh, you know, fantasy baseball uh, every single, every single day. And it was amazing run doing it with all the different hosts that I had. And, and being, you know, sandwiched in between Roto wire either before or after yeah. for 10 years. But uh, look, I, I love fantasy baseball. I still love the game so much, but you know, life changes. You you have to sort of you know adjust with what's going to pay the bills. And you know, if if there was, and and, and by the way, my, my I do a fantasy show on Sports Grid every single day for an hour. But then the nature of fantasy baseball has expanded so much into daily and to wagering and everything else that it's it's become something that I still love and I enjoy these conversations, like the one that we're having. But I've expanded the horizons to to make the paycheck work, I guess is the best way to say
1: it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, uh, you gotta be following Craig at Craig Mish on Twitter. Uh anything else you wanna plug before we uh, before we uh yeah,
2: it? I got I have a new show on sports grid every day, two to three Eastern. It's called Newswire. It looks at uh, the legalization of sports betting around the country. We bring in different panelists experts to just talk about the expansion. Uh, of that and so uh, in addition to my fantasy show which i do every day 11 a.m eastern the newswire show is every day at two o'clock eastern and uh you know james is awesome always catching up with you uh you know love your insight on rotowire and everything else that you do and thanks so much again for having me really appreciate it
1: i appreciate it man uh pleasure was all mine uh good luck the rest of the year and in your fantasy leagues i know you still play in some so um good luck and uh Hopefully, hopefully the Marlins are competitive enough where some of those things we talked about can uh, come to fruition here. Yeah, just, uh,
2: just keep just just, <laughs> just stay relevant for you know un- until August, James. It's all I need.
1: No, yeah. That's, that's if, really all I asked
0: for. Is ask for. If Max
1: Meyer's getting saves in July, uh, you heard <laughs> it here first. Yeah. <laughs> all right, this has been the Road to Our Prospect Podcast, brought to you by WinBet. I'll be back next week.